Welcome to the IC Made On podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. Good morning. I'm so excited to be able to share with you guys today. I almost forgot that I was speaking. I'm just sitting there like, oh, this is my cue. (laughs) Well, if you guys don't know who I am, uh, my name is Carrie, and my husband and I have the honor to pastor this amazing church. Man, you guys do look amazing today. Gosh. Um, Well, I'm so excited. This is the last week of the You Asked For It series. If you're wondering, um, Pastor Chris this morning is speaking at another local church. He, him and Kosi left um, our house at like 6.15 this morning. So um, he sends his greetings and he's probably, he's going to come here as soon as they're finished there. But um, I have the honor to be able to share with you guys today on some of the questions that you sent in. So the You Asked For It series is and it's, um, where we have asked you to, to send in any questions that you have about the Bible, about life, about anything. And then we, um, the sermons during this series are all based on your questions. So it's really exciting, and you guys have had some really amazing questions. If you missed last week, Pastor Chris shared, um, he hit four of your questions. One um, was, is it okay to be vegetarian or vegan? Is it wrong to present food to other gods to respect your family? Who can perform baptism? And why does life seem unfair at times? And it was a really, really great message. So if you missed it, I would encourage you to just go onto the podcast, and then you can download it for free. So don't uh, don't miss that. But today... I'm excited. I've picked three um, of your questions to share about. And, um, you know, this series, we take these questions and we believe that the Bible is God's word. And so we, we try to answer these according to his word. Now, sometimes there's questions that just the Bible doesn't really mention or talk about. So in that case, we take principles um, we apply principles to those questions, and then it's, it's based on our opinion according to God's word. So um, are you guys ready to get started? Okay, the first questions that you guys sent in is, what does the Bible say about plastic surgery? Were you guys all wondering this? <laughs> I was a little hesitant to share on this, but I was like, it's okay. We'll go ahead and do it. Actually, the Bible doesn't say anything about plastic surgery because Plastic surgery wasn't really a thing back in the Bible days. But, you know, like plastic surgery or body-altering surgeries, there's all kinds. There's implants. There's nose jobs, eye lifts, liposuctions, facelift. You can go on and on and on. Um, I was thinking about this whole topic, and I was just thinking about, like, when I remember, and I'm just going to confess to you guys that, you know, we're from the U.S., we're from... Uh, the United States, and when I'm there, and I um, actually even did this, this we just came back from three months of being there, but we have something called a tanning salon. So a tanning salon is, is a place that you go, and they have these beds that have these special lamps that basically make your skin brown, like all of your beautiful skin. And so I go there a couple times a week so that I can get this really nice brown 
tone to my skin. So I remember when we first moved to Indonesia back in 2003, when we first moved here, and I'm like in the stores looking at creams, and I, f I see this whitening cream. And I'm like, who in the world would use whitening cream? So apparently, people like to put it on their face and on their neck and their arms. Like, we always want to something that we don't have, right? Like, in America, we all want brown skin. And apparently over here, everybody wants white skin. So <laughs> it's so funny, but... So this week, I had like an emergency trip to the nail salon because I broke my fingernail, and I love to like have my nails done. Miss Love, I ran, in, ran into her there. Um, so my nail broke, and then I had to like put Uhu glue on my fingernail to, so that it wouldn't break off. And so I, anyways, I go to the salon, and so the girls, this girl's done my nails for years, and she was like, hey, she had these really nice like eyebrows, like really black eyebrows. And I was like, wow, your eyebrows look so pretty. Like, and so she's telling me there, there's a promo. It's normally five juta, but it was a promo for three juta if I wanted those. And, and then I hear that they even go up to like 10 juta, but for eyebrows. But she said they last two years, these eyebrows. But anyways, and then there's the eyelash extensions, you know. Like, guys, seriously, the ladies, us ladies, it, there's a lot to like taking the upkeep of like keeping, you know, ourselves up. But... There's even eyelash extensions that we can get, you know, all the, the, the girls with the pretty eyelashes. And it takes, like, hours, I hear, like, two or three hours to, like, put each little eyelash in. So now that is something I'm considering doing soon. Cause, <laughs> so you may see me with some long eyelashes soon. I love mascara and, <laughs> and stuff. But it's funny because, like, you know, you see your friends, you get your eyelashes done, and then you see your friends, and theirs are longer, and theirs are fuller, and then you want to go to their place and get yours, you know, get, your, get yours redone, but it just, it never ends. Um, but anyways, you know, like, if, if we were to say that the Bible doesn't, you know, um, agree with, with body-altering surgeries or plastic surgery, you couldn't... I don't know, I don't feel like you, we could say that because, you know, we get our teeth, that's altering. We get our, you know, our ears pierced and piercings and things. But I would say that the only time that plastic surgery would, would be wrong um, is when you're trying to find your security and your appearance rather than who you are in Christ. Because here at Icy Maidon, we really do, we're passionate about you knowing exactly who you are in Jesus. It really doesn't. It doesn't reflect of what we look like on the outside. And there's nothing wrong with keeping ourselves up on the outside. Um, but when, when, you, when we are doing that to find security, to find identity, I would say that would be a wrong reason um, for, for plastic surgery or for body-altering surgery. In Proverbs 31.30, it says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And I would just you know, like to talk to the guys in here and, and encourage you um, that the, the women in your life, if it's your wife or your girlfriend or even somebody that you're looking for, that to value a woman who loves the Lord and serves the Lord as her king and her savior, that is a woman to be valued. That is a woman that you should be looking for of what she has inside of here. It's not only the, the outward, you know, what we look like on the outside, but what's, what's on the inside. And um, my main stance on this topic is just that 
you know, God is going to look at the heart and your motive every time. So if it's men or woman, women, just know before, you know, doing something like that, I would, however, make it a prayerful decision, pray and talk to, you know, your family and the people around you. But God is going to look at our heart and our motive every time. In First Chronicles 28, 9, it says, the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. So it's not wrong to try to present yourself in the best light. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're finding your security and your identity and your appearance, it's, I think that's just a losing battle because, you know, time continues to go on. Gravity is still around us and, you know, things just, it just <laughs> never ends. So anyways, that's to wrap up that question. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> okay, question number two. How do I overcome laziness? How do I overcome laziness? This one, you know, was in, interesting for me. Um, I think that there's two things that cause laziness in our lives. One is a lack of passion. If, if there's no passion and no drive, then that can, of course, certainly cause laziness. But the second one, I, and I've really, I don't know, I'm going to hit on this one today, and I feel like many of us struggle with this, is just a lack of rest. If you know, like right now, and even in our world, like we're just busy, you know, they're, like we're just going and we're not resting and getting proper rest. So we are stressed. Would you guys, would you guys agree? Like we're stressed. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Nobody is stressed in this place. Amen. <laughs> you guys are awesome. No, we are stressed because we're so busy. And because we're so busy, we're tired. And we're tired, but we don't know how to rest. In Psalms 127.2, it says, For God gives rest to his loved ones. And, you know, even in creation, God, you know, on the seventh day, he created a day of rest because he knew it was very important for us. Um, and then just real quick, the, I was looking at the um, Cleveland Health Clinic. Short-term problems for lack of rest is lack of alertness. Even if you miss one and a half hours of sleep um, at night, it can impact your day and your, the, the, um, your, you know, the level of your alertness. Um, impaired memory, lack of sleep can, can affect our ability to think or remember things and process information. This is a number one, uh, like a really important one, relationship stress. It can make you feel moody, and you can become more likely to have conflicts with others. I know in my house, whenever we don't have rest, we're just like a bunch of grumpy people. And I'm always like, it's okay, you know, I know so-and-so's tired. Or it could be, it's okay, I'm, no, I'm sorry because I'm tired. <laughs> I'm sorry I was grumpy because I'm tired. But um, it, it can affect our quality of life. You, you may become less likely to participate in just normal daily activities. And then a greater likelihood for car accidents. You know, we hear about these bus accidents all the time because the driver was sleepy. Or, so um, there's many, um, you know, like um, short-term problems. And then long-term problems just to our health, high blood pressure, diabetes, heart attack, heart failure can happen because of lack of stress. Um, and just some practical tips for getting a good night's sleep set a schedule, go to bed and wake up at the same time every day. It's important that your body, you feel good, your body feels good um, to be able to face your day. Exercise 20 to 30 minutes a day, um, avoid caffeine before bed, 
relax before bed, doing something that's not so entertaining, maybe even something a little bit low-key or boring so that your body can relax, create a room for sleep, avoid bright lights, turn the brightness down on your phone because that actually causes your brains to stay alert um, is, is really good. Um, I'm trying to, like, go around my house and have my, my boys and my husband, like, make sure, like, at 6 p.m., your brightness should come down. So if it's, like, 6 or 7, I'm like, hey, your brightness is too bright. Turn it down so that you can sleep. And then um, don't lay in bed awake. Um, if you can't go to sleep, do something like reading, listening to music until you feel tired. So those are some practical tips just because rest is important. And Matthew 11:28 through 30 says, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And we know that Jesus is the one that ultimately can give us rest. And a lot of times when we're not resting, it's because the stress of the day, the worry of the day. You know, sometimes maybe we're having an, there's a lot of people, but our minds, it's hard to turn our minds off. Especially like when we lay down, we're laying down to go to sleep, but our minds are just going and going. And so using some of these tips will help you to get rest. So now our next question, and this is like my favorite. I'm so excited to share this because it's really just in my heart, and I feel like God's just um, been speaking to me a lot about this. But the next question is, how do I hear God's voice? You know, um, I love that a lot of you, because a lot of the questions that came in as I was reading them, they all seem to kind of have something to do with this topic, with how do I hear God's voice? And, you know, you guys, you come to church, you hear God's word, you, you walk out of here, and you're still, you face the same problems, the same questions, the same um, things come to mind of like, does God want me to do this? Does God want me to do that? And I believe that God wants every one of you to know how to hear his voice. Because, you know, when you think about a relationship, when you, when you have a relationship with someone, it's not like it's a one-way relationship. So if you are not, if you're at a place and you're like, I don't hear God's voice, it's like you're saying prayers and you're praying one way, but then, you know, like the other side with God speaking to you, you're not, you're not hearing from him. And God wants you to have a full relationship with him, not a one-way relationship. So I'm super excited. Um, to share this with you today. I think it's, it's going to really help you. In John chapter 10, verses 3 to 5, it says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I really love that part where it says, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And we know that this is talking about we are like um, God's sheep and he is our shepherd. And he wants us to know his voice. And then the part that says they will never follow a stranger because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And so it's really important that we, rec that we hear God's voice and that we recognize his voice because there's also other voices that are in our, that that we hear in our lives that may not be God's voice and it's important for God's children and God's people and his church to know and recognize his voice 
I was thinking about just some powerful moments in my life when I heard God and his voice in my life. And the first one I was, you know, just kind of thinking about this week was when it was a couple of years after we became Christians, and uh, me and my husband went on a short-term missions trip to El Salvador. And I remember in that time, we started following Jesus, and we knew that God was calling us to something more, more than just being like, I go to church, God saved me, but there was more. And when we got off of the plane in this, on this trip, I remember God spoke to me and my husband and said, one day, you're, you're going to be serving me in another country. It was so loud and so, you know, we just, def, it was definite. We knew that that was him speaking to us. And I mean, of course, now, all of those years later, we're in this country serving him and that, that was his voice. But the next, you know, time I was just thinking about was a couple of years ago when um, we were getting ready to take my daughter home for college. This was our first child that we were um, getting ready to take her home, and she was going to stay there for university. And I know I've shared this. If you've been with us for a while, I've shared it a lot. But um, we actually, me and my husband, um, right before we were getting ready to, to leave and to go back, and it was going to be about one year there, we went to this hotel here, the, the Swiss Bell Hotel, and stayed for the night just to pray and, and seek the Lord about what his plans were for us for this next term. And I remember God had spoken to us years ago about this church, but it just, it hadn't, you know, it hadn't happened yet. And when we went to pray, it was like the same thing. Like we heard God say, I want you to come back and it's time to plant this church. And I'll just be honest with you. When I went to this meeting to, to seek God, honestly, like in my heart, I had already just kind of made the decision. I was ready to tell God that I was finished here. I, I didn't want to you know, I, I, I didn't want to separate from my children. It was very painful for me to even think about taking her and leaving her there and then thinking about my next children to have to leave. And so I went with it in my heart. My husband didn't know, but I was ready to tell God that I'm ready to go home. And in that moment, I love thinking back and remembering just because I, I think about Whenever God asks us to do something, it's not always what feels good. And it's not always what makes sense, you know, because who, who would ever think that parents need to be far from their kids? Like, that doesn't make sense, you know. And, but God had a different plan. And I'm so thankful that God, he speaks to us and he, he knows and he understands even what we feel. And even, you know, when we're having um, doubts or, or times of, you know, when we're, when we're weak and our faith is not strong, but thank God that him and his patience and that he, you know, spoke that to my heart and then really changed my heart. And then now, you know, we're here and this church is here in this city. And how easy would it have been to just be like, I'm just going to go home. You know, it just doesn't feel good. But God is so, is so amazing. And then now this church is here and we're back in the U.S. for three months. And it's, I love the fact that I could not wait to come back because I missed you guys so much. And so it's, you know, it's awesome how God works in our heart. And he knew that this was a good place. And now my daughter, like I've, you know, like 
um, he's taking care of my children. Now my son is there, and he's given me everything I need in my heart to be able to accept that and, and to, you know, really encourage them and embrace his plans. And so um, hearing God's voice in your life is so, so important. Um, before I go on, I think I've got some, I've got enough time. I wanted to also share this one thing. It's just been on my heart. And I believe fully in the gifts of the Spirit, and I believe in prophecy, and I believe in the, you know, the, the five-fold ministry that God has appointed prophets and apostles and pastors. I believe that. But I also believe and know, and I've had enough experience, that we have to be careful who we listen to as God's voice. There are times when there are people, and they're like prophet chasers, they just want to chase this prophet and chase that prophet. And I want to tell you, you be very, very careful with that. Because I have had times, I've had times in my life when we first became Christians, and I remember the first experience with prophecy. And this couple that led us to the Lord and they discipled us, man, he could, we say this phrase like, read your mail. He, he I remember one of the first times he read every sin that I was doing, and he didn't, like, my husband didn't even know half of these things, where I knew God was speaking through him to, to talk to me about, hey, Carrie, I know and I see you, and, and God used those, those words and that, and his voice in my life to build my faith in Jesus, but I've also had times where people have come to me with a word from God, and it was not from God, and I want to tell you that you need to be very careful and guard your heart and what words you let people speak into you. And, and one, one thing I would say is that if you have a relationship with Jesus, if you, have, if you know him and you're in communication with him, when someone comes with a word from you, for you, it should resonate also with what has already been spoken to your heart. If it's this brand new thing that's not even been spoken to you, you better guard your heart because God would only, he's only going to um, confirm the things that's already been spoken to you in your heart. So, I mean, even now when people come and they, they come a lot and they have a word for me. And I'm at this, like, with all of my experiences, I'm very guarded. You know, I, I'm not going to just receive anything because I have a relationship with Jesus. And I'm very sensitive to those things anyways. But um, I do want to encourage you. To, to test those spirits. And First um, John 4.1, it says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. You know, when you, when you look about Peter, you know, when, um, in um, the book of Matthew, when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was saying, Peter, who do you say that I am? And he said, oh, you, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Um, and Jesus said, you know, you didn't come up with that on your own. The, the Lord spoke that to you. So there's Peter speaking on behalf of God, and Jesus acknowledged that. Right after that, when um, he t Jesus tells them the time is coming for him to go to the grave, and Peter says, no way, no way, that can't happen. And Jesus, you remember this? He says, get behind me, Satan. Because, so in the first part of that scripture, Peter is, is speaking on behalf of God. He's, he, he was speaking to him because of what God showed him. And then on the very next section of that passage, where Jesus tells him, get behind me, Satan, because 
that was not, because Jesus was, that was God's plan for him to go to the grave. And so this, you know, if even Peter can be talked to like that, we also should be very careful to test those spirits and the things that are said to us. And John 17, 17 says, anyone who wants to do God's will can test his teaching and know if it's from God. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is powerful enough that he can speak exactly what you need to hear in your heart. He can speak that to you. And when someone is speaking something and you feel that in your heart, like this isn't quite right, you don't need to ignore that. And I would encourage you to confirm it with other people. Confirm it with your pastor. A prophet should never be solo out just speaking you know, prophecies here and there, they need to be under the covering of a church. That's the way that, that um, the Bible has um, um, made that. So, so it's, prote- it's, it's, a, it's a protection for you and for them. So moving on past that section. In hearing God's voice, I believe there's many distractions. Would you say there's like so many distractions in our life? And today I want to just share with you three things that I believe that are competing with us for um, just hearing God's voice. And so the first one is there are things competing for your time. You know, we are talking about just how busy our schedules are. Our our schedules are so busy. um, And even in today, like, with all of the technology and everything going on, like, we really are busier than we've ever been in this world. And... I was thinking of this, the text in Luke where in chapter 10, 39 through 40, and um, it says, And she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. So it, that tells me that even when we're serving and when we're doing things, we can sometimes be like Martha where we're too busy and we're too distracted that we We're not hearing God's voice. Um, In Psalms 46.10, it says, be still and know that I am God. So I would just, you know, like I was thinking about when we're meeting with someone. So say you're like meeting with a friend or, you know, you would set an appointment and a place to go and meet with them. In the same way, we should set an appointment and a time and a place that we go and meet with God. In our schedules, we are are in charge of our own schedules. You are in charge of your own life. And God wants to meet with you. I believe he wants to speak to you. And so if you make that time, setting a schedule um, to meet with him, I, I, you can, I, I believe that, God, that you'll come back and say, God met with me. God met with me and I heard him. I was thinking like just recently I've set like um, just for myself that I don't even open my social media on my phone until I've read God's word and I've spent time with him. Because, you know, once you open social media and you start seeing everything that's going on in everybody else's life, it's like time passes and then it's time to like get ready and start your day, you know. So I was like, okay, before I open any of my social media, I'm going to spend time with God first. Um, we have to prepare our hearts. There's this book that um, was written by Robert Morris. It's, it's called Frequency, and it's talking about how to hear God's voice and how to recognize his voice. And he says, God comes to a prepared atmosphere. You know, like with our hearts, 
we have to prepare our hearts and get quiet and get still so that we give God an opportunity to come and to speak to us. The quieter you become, the greater you can hear. Um, so the second point, there are things competing for your attention. I mean, I was thinking about even like our phones. Like, it's just this little tiny device, but I was reading, I don't even know how this can be true, but the New York Times says that Americans spend more than 11 hours watching something on a screen a day. 11 hours a day. How in the world? I don't even know. So, but I was like, I did read like in 2017 worldwide, um, every people were, this was 2017, two, everybody, people were spending 2.25 hours a day on their device. And then I don't know what the, the stats were for Indonesia, but what I did see is that we are like on the top of the list for like handphones and, and devices. So like in the world, like Indonesia is in the top for like uh, several of those. I was like, oh, I don't know if to be proud <laughs> or, or what. No, I'm proud. Um, but it's, it's um, th they had like a new update on the Apple phone and you can see how much time you spend on your phone. They just had this, like I'm in the car when I was back home and I was listening to the radio and they were having this radio talk show and they were all talking about like seeing the time that they were all spending on their phone. And this one guy was like, man, mine was like two and a half hours. And this other girl was like three hours. And then the, this other girl was like four hours a day. So I, I'm like figuring out on mine, like how much time do I spend a day? Which mine said 30 minutes, which I was kind of proud about that. <laughs> I was like, oh, only 30 minutes? Um, but now Instagram has this new feature where it's like you can set your time limit and it will notify you if you're like beyond that. So I set mine to five minutes. Y'all, that's like that. I mean, I'm literally just like swipe, swipe, and then five minutes is up. But anyways, but I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to like short, to, to cut that down. But um, in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 to 2 says, since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. Um, sorry about that. It's <laughs> my alarm. <laughs> it's my notification. <laughs> okay. Um, since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus. And I was thinking, like, God barely has a chance to speak to us if he's competing with these devices. In Luke 14, 18 through 20, it says, But they all alike began to make excuses. The first says, I've bought a field. I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've bought a five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. But the main part was that they, they were all making excuses. And I believe in, in order for us to hear God's voice, that we have to turn down the world's volume. You know, the world is speaking a message. It's pretty, it's pretty loud and clear, and most of it is not that good. And so if, in order for you to hear God's voice in your life, we've got to turn down the world's volume. We've got to guard our, our hearts and guard our ears and guard our, um, our eyes. And the third thing is that there are things competing for your heart. 
In Matthew 13, 19, it says, when anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. And so the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. And that You know, like, so you come to church on Sundays, and you hear God's word, and if our hearts are not prepared, then it's like that seed that was planted, then during the week, something happens, and we have bad news come, or some kind of stressful situation, and it's like that evil one, like he's talking about, just come and just plucks that seed right out of our heart. You know, so think about it, like, what would your life look like if you just gave five minutes every day to spend time with the Lord, to prepare your heart? to prepare your heart for whatever he wants to speak to you that day. I was thinking, you know, we're getting like some new grass in our front yard and our gardener, like the first day he, he, there was, he's just like toiling the dirt and preparing the dirt. And then yesterday the grass came and he was planting the grass so that it could grow good roots and, and survive. And that's, that's what we need to do with our hearts. We need to prepare our hearts so that God's word, then when that seed is planted, it takes root so that, Whenever anything happens, whenever any bad news happens or comes or we're in stress, that, that, um, those, that his word is in our hearts. So in life, you invest in what you care about, right? If you didn't care about something, you wouldn't take time to invest in that. And so today, if you are here and you want to know how to hear God's voice, I have three points real quick on what, how to invest so that you can hear God's word in your life. So the first one is investing our time in God's word and in prayer. You know, it was so important that we spend time every day, you on your own, cultivating this relationship with Jesus, that you are reading his word, and it doesn't have to be like a lot. If you are not reading the Bible and you're just like, I don't even know where to start, you can start, um, a lot of times people read the book of Proverbs, there's 31 chapters, so you could even do like, if today's November 18th, you could read Proverbs 18, and there's like so much wisdom and knowledge in the book of Proverbs, and that can speak to you. It's a start, or you can just read a chapter a day um, on the Bible app. There's plans. You can choose a plan, but just reading God's word, even if it's one verse, you've read his word, and, and, um, and then also praying. And so when you're, if you're thinking like, I don't even know how to pray, I would just say, just pray with whatever's on your heart. What are you thinking about? What's on your heart? What are you, like, what's most pressing? You, God wants to just, you to talk to him. That's what prayer is, is just talking to him. And that's a start. And so just praying and spending time with him. The second is investing our attention to his presence. You know, this morning we were worshiping. Man, the worship was amazing. Our church is blessed with some amazing worship. Um, and, and we take that very serious here because worship attracts his presence. And that's what we, that's what this whole day, that's what this whole time is, is that we, that his presence is welcome in this place. You know, I was, when I was back home, I had the honor of going to this women's conference. I've never gone to women's conference. And so my son, Isaiah, set it up and got me tickets, and I was able to go. And there were these amazing speakers. But this one lady, you guys may know her, she's, um, she used to be part of Hillsong. Her name's Darlene Sheck. And she was like one of the speakers there. And she talked on worship. It was amazing. 
But one thing that she said was, one thing worship does is keeps Jesus at the center. And it tells everything going on around to sit down. Like, whenever we worship, whenever you just spend that time worshiping, if, it doesn't mean you have to be singing. If you want to sing and that's the way you worship God, if you just sit in silence, whatever you do, it's just putting Jesus at the center and saying, I'm thinking about you right now. I'm giving this time to you right now. And what she was saying was in those times is when everything else that's going on around, all those problems, all that stress, it tells all of that to sit down or to back up. And, and, and then you, you walk away, and it's like it feels lighter. Those problems aren't, you know, uh, aren't like so big. You guys probably know, like when we come in and we have these times of worship, when we start to worship the Lord and put our focus on him, all the things that we brought in, it's like they just kind of go away for a moment. And that's, that's what that means, to invest our attention to his presence. In John 4.23, it says, Yet a time is coming, and now has come, when the true worshipers will wor- worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. So to be still, take time to be still and worship him. And the third, and I'll ask our um, worship team to come up, um, is investing our hearts in his house. When you invest in his house, it will prepare your heart to hear him. You know, a lot of times we see, you know, um, followers of Jesus and, 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 you know, they say, I don't really need church. I just follow Jesus on my own. Let me tell you something. I don't, I don't even think that there's a way you can do that. We need each other. We need this fellowship. We need you and you need us so that we can be as powerful and as impactful in this world as we possibly can. We need each other. And so I would like to say, investing your heart in this, in his house. I'm not saying you have to join Icy Maidon, although I think it's a wonderful church if you wanted to join. But there's many great churches in this city. There's so many great churches. I'm just saying it is very important that you plant yourself in, in one of these churches, in his house, and serve. You serve you serve the Lord by giving of your time. You give of your resources. Ways, just here in our church, some of the ways that you can start is we have the growth track going on. You, you're welcome to come, and, and, and we talk about how to join the dream team. We talk about what we're about, what this church is about, what the vision of our church is. Um, there's baptism coming up. If you've not made that next step in your walk with, with the Lord and you want to be baptized, there, there's an opportunity for you coming up. We have life groups. Life groups are when, you know, you just meet in small groups with, with other brothers and sisters going through the same things that you're going through. And you can meet, you know, where you actually get to know someone, build a relationship, and pray for each other. And then we have the 21 days of prayer and fasting coming up in January. That is an awesome, awesome time um, that you could come and, and be a part of that. And I will bet you, if you take the time to invest in his house, that you'll come back saying, my life has changed. Jesus has changed my life. So would you guys mind to stand with me? I just, I want to pray for you. I really believe that the Lord gave me this message today for you. 
And he brought you here. And there's no coincidence that he put this message on my heart. There's no coincidence that you asked the questions. But the main, the main thing is that he wants to speak to you today. So let's just open our hearts and just give him these next just few moments. But I first of all want to talk to any of you in here and you're like, you know, you're talking about hearing God's voice, but I don't even know who God is. I've come here and I'm just here, but I don't even know who he is. I want to tell you that Jesus is here and he wants you to know him. Today is the day. And all you have to do is just pray. All you have to do is open your heart and just tell him, hey, Jesus, I, I want to know who you are. He's here this morning. The next, the next thing I, I wanted to, to talk about is if, if you, when you heard about just being too busy and your schedule and your time and you're like, that's me, my time, like I just don't have time. I believe that this message today was for you because Jesus is saying, hey, make time to make time for me in your schedule. Set an appointment with me because I'm waiting to meet with you. I want to I meet with you. And the next was, you know, our attention with maybe it's our handphones or maybe it's just anything. It could be anything, but things that are taking our attention. So it's, it's causing us not to have that time to even be still and hear God's voice. And you're saying, like, that's me. I want to work on that this week. And then maybe you're thinking, I really do need to get involved in, in a church and start serving in God's house. Well, today is the day. You know, this life that you have, it's yours, and you only get one chance. And I believe that God has got a plan and a purpose for each one in this room. You don't want to waste another day. You don't want to waste any more time staying on your phone, watching everybody else's life as you just sit and let your life pass, pass by. You don't want that. And Jesus doesn't want that for you. You want to live your best life. And that's what we want for you. And that's what we're going to pray for you. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you, God. I thank you for the power of your word. God, even in practical questions, God, you want to answer. You want to answer your people, your children. And God, I thank you, Lord. God, for all of these, these questions, Lord, and that, that, Lord, that we have. And I just pray that today, God, for every one of those points, you know, you see straight into every heart in this place. And I pray right now that, God, whatever that is, whatever desire, whatever thing spoke to the hearts in this room today, that, Lord, you would, God, that you would answer those prayers, God that, God, you would draw near, that you would make yourself real and known, God, to the ones that don't know you, Lord. God, that, Lord, just like for me, I remember when I first accepted you and it was like you were real. I was, without a doubt, I knew you are real and I want to serve you. And I pray that that happens right now in this place. And, Lord, if we're, for those of us that are time, Lord, we're too busy, our schedules are too packed, Lord, and our attention is taken by all of these other voices in the world. I pray that, God, you this week would remind us, Lord, to put you first, to set an appointment with you, to give our even first five minutes of our day to you. And, God, I know and I believe that you will speak because you are still speaking today, God. Lord, you have such great plans for everyone in this room. 
And Lord, I just pray for the ones that maybe aren't involved in a church, that God, you would make a way that you would speak to them, Lord, about how they can be involved and serve you, Lord, in your house. God, I pray that, Lord, you would bless everyone in this room. You know the problems and the stress and the burdens that they carry. And God, your word says that, Lord, your burden is light. Your yoke is easy. And I pray that right now that they would lay those things down, God, and they would be able to walk out of this room in your rest. God, that they would have true rest, that the things that keep them up at night, Lord, would just kind of go away. And that, Lord, you, God, would just fill their their hearts and their minds, God, with your peace, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do with all of these people here, Lord. God, we love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.